everyone, and welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have a special episode today. Uh, well, let's start by uh, kind of introducing our guest. Why don't you uh, say hi to the listeners out there? Hi, my name's Mary. I'm one of the copywriters here at Evoke. Hi, my name's Michael. I'm one of the social media coordinators here at Evoke. Fantastic. So thank you two for coming into the studio and talking to us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as always, we're recording in the uh, Vogue Advertising Studios here in freezing Orlando, Florida. It's so cold. Yeah. No, this is, yeah, this is not the main move. I'm not a big fan of this weather. I needed to go away ASAP. Um, so I, I'd mentioned that this is a special episode. Uh, we went to a conference, guys. Yeah, yeah. We went to a conference this past weekend. Um, for all of you guys that aren't familiar with it, uh, Social Fresh, uh, it's a, a social mm, social media and marketing conference that kind of brings a lot of uh, smart minds from around the country together, kind of just like wax poetic on, on all the cool stuff that's happening with social media and really just digital marketing as a whole and, and kind of putting an eye towards what we can expect in the future. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that, the things that we like, the things that we didn't like. Um, but before that, we kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about just conference culture just in general. Like, So like, have you guys been to, to industry conferences like this in the past? I haven't been to an industry conference, but I've been to one at UF where it was like more um, on being more inclusive with like people. Yeah. Um, so that was like a two day conference and I just thought it was like interesting because you just got to see like people's backgrounds and stories and like how they can like use that to like get better at their classes or like what they want to do with their careers. So, and I've been to a handful of conferences. I went to a few in high school when I was on yearbook. (laughs) few yearbook conferences and I loved them I really did they were awesome conferences I'm a big nerd there was one in DC and then one in New York and then I went to one when I was in college at UF I was in PR SSA um, public relations student society of America Mm -hmm. we went to Philadelphia for a conference there um and which was I think the biggest conference I've ever been to there were over a thousand people there so that one was still fun, but a little overwhelming. <laughs> and you said that was, in, that was in Philly, right? Yeah, that was okay, in Philly. Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't go to any conferences. You guys were doing cool stuff in high school. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I don't think we ever went to any. I think the first like conference, so to speak, was college for me, and it was for student media. Um, and so like it was a bunch of just like student newspaper nerds who hung out in, in New York City for a couple of days. Fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then I think we went to... Um, DC. There was one in DC in, during college okay, too. Okay, so just you like, went to the same cities as me, New York and basically, DC. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, yeah. So I mean, conference culture. I think for me, I because I've since then I've been to my fair share of them, and I, I always, I always have like a, this this apprehension. I guess because I'm old and jaded, and that's just what happens. <laughs> that's kind of not that old. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> Back in my day, oh, God. we only had 56K <laughs> dial-up internet. Um, but, I mean, I think I, there's an apprehension just because you never know what you're going to learn. Um, it, it, it can, Depending on what the uh, the conference is, you know, you, you, you always run the risk of potentially 
sitting down and being told the same kind of tips that you could easily read in like a fast yeah. company article. So, I mean, that's always, that's always a thing that I'm always concerned about, especially since conferences are so pricey. Yeah. Oh like, my God. They this are. one was expensive. Yeah. Like, thank you, Evoke. For the free <laughs> <classes>. <laughs> Appreciate that access. <laughs> um, so yeah. So e- even that's something you had to kind of take into consideration because it's an investment. Yeah. An investment, especially when you're sending multiple people and their flights, transportation, lodging, all of that. Right. You know, so you you want to make sure that you're getting the the most the bang for your buck, so to speak, when you're sending people out there to kind of get that knowledge and then bring it back, which is why we're doing this podcast now, because we want to share the knowledge with you people. Not all of it. You know, you still had to pay for your ticket. You know, we can't give you can't give you all the information for That's free. Great. Can't do it all. Um but yeah, so so I guess kind of kind of switching gears a little bit. Let's let's talk about Social Fresh. Um, so yeah, like we mentioned before, Social Fresh is definitely a, a social media marketing social media marketing based conference that kind of combines a lot of different digital marketing marketing strategies, trends, topics, and into like a two day event. Um, it was held at Full Sail University in Orlando. Um, uh, art college, art and design college. Um, so what, what are you, what were your guys kind of initial thoughts, you know, for day one? Well, like you said, it was a two day conference, but I was only able to attend one day because I had to (laughs) stay at work on Friday. Uh But my initial thoughts were, first of all, Full Sail is an awesome campus. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Really pretty. So that was a good first impression starting off. But um, I thought it was overall, I mean, my opinion, I thought it was a good conference, depending on the speakers. I Mm -hmm. feel like the speaker always makes um, what it is. Because like you said, otherwise you can just read it online. Mm -hmm. But if you hear someone telling you what to do or how to do it, it has a stronger influence on you, depending on how persuasive they are or the way that they tell it. But um, I thought there were a handful of really good speakers, um, especially Savannah Peterson from Savvy Millennial and Jason Falls from Conversation Research Institute. Mm-hmm. And I think those two speakers are the ones who, I guess, really drove me to um, want to learn more about social media marketing. Yeah, and Savannah, she had, she was had some energy. Yeah, Savannah <laughs> oh, was yeah. cool. I loved her. She was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I think she was like one of the only ones. Um, I know we're going to talk about this later, but like in all the workshops I went to mm-hmm. that day and the second day, she was like the only one that really made us go hands on with what she was teaching us. Right. So we'll talk about that more. But um, my initial, um, what I thought about Social Fresh, I guess I just went in with like high expectations because mm-hmm. people here at Evoke like told me, like, you're going to learn so much. It's like going to be great. And like, I just went in thinking it's going to be a huge like venue with so many people mm-hmm. but like when i went in it was kind of like you know maybe 30 50 people mm-hmm. but i mean i did overall enjoy my experience and the pub subs was a huge <laughs> shout out to Publix. if you, if you all listeners out there who haven't had the uh esteemed pleasure of being able to taste a public sub i mean you're missing out get your friends in the south to send you one fedex it overnight it's delicious um but yeah yeah to your point mike I, I I definitely went in with like the super high 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 expectation just because that's 
just par for the course because you know especially when it's a, a a conference that you're not too familiar with because this was my first year going to social mm-hmm. fresh um so like yeah I, I i kind of had expectations but almost also didn't have expectations because I, I wasn't i didn't know what to expect um but i did like that it was a smaller conference mm-hmm. um just it seemed a little more intimate um it gave me an opportunity to actually have questions fielded by the speakers, which is rare, especially the, the larger the conference is. It's very rare that you have someone who's from GE or Cisco or A&E, like some people, the, some of the speakers at the conference were yeah. to, to, to be able to have time to even answer anybody's questions. That's a good point. Yeah. So I think that was a great advantage to kind of, to kind of have, have access to. Um, but yeah, I mean, First impressions were, you know, just like I said, almost like a lack of of, of expectations because he just didn't know. I didn't know what to expect, but it was great. And the pub subs, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. <laughs> I got two pub subs. Yeah, you so did. <laughs> and there were food trucks on Saturday. Oh, I know, but I missed that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chicken tacos. Yeah, the chicken tacos were pretty delicious. No one wanted the uh, the lobster roll. There was no line. The lobster roll. There was no line for the lobster rolls. You know that's crazy because those lobster rolls are regularly fifteen dollars each. Really? Yeah, they're mm. pricey. Hmm. Yeah, but. I didn't. Out. It was yeah. cold though. I mean, I guess everybody was kind of just looking for something that was a little warmer. I, I mean, because of the lobster rolls, you serve cold, right? Like you don't serve those warm, do you? I think I've I had it know. warm before. Mm. I guess it just depends. Yeah, yeah it just depends what your your recipe is. Anyway, enough about lobster rolls. Um, to kind of kind of move on a bit, I, I wanted to go around the room and kind of talk about what stood out like you had, like mary you had mentioned savannah and jason falls and and you know they were great great speakers mm-hmm. fantastic characters and just had a really f- like fun story to tell um but were there any sessions like b- between those two days that you guys were just like yeah i am so glad that i was able to sit in on this session i think one of the sessions for me which was um savannah's workshop mm-hmm titled How to Leverage Live Video with a Limited Budget. Okay. I guess I was just really, really surprised by that because we were talking about Facebook Live and Instagram Live, and she was saying how popular Facebook Live is, Mm -hmm. which I just felt was really surprising because I've literally never, ever watched a Facebook Live video. (laughs) Like, I've never even touched it on my phone just because... I don't know. I just assume it's going to be something stupid, that's something that isn't worthwhile to watch. Mm -hmm. Um. So I just thought that was interesting how she touched on that and she made us actually record a live video and test it out. And I don't know, I guess now I won't be so apprehensive whenever I see a Facebook live video. Maybe I'll actually <laughs> click on it because I just assumed that they would be like videos, some, someone with her phone shaky, like mm-hmm. not decided to go mm-hmm. live spur of the moment and not really planned out. But the way she explained it is that most of the time you plan it out and you, it's not spur of the moment. Yeah. And see, the, the funny thing is me, me showing my age again. I mean, this is more like in like social media terms, because so a year in social media is like 20 years in the rest mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, there was a app called uh, Quick, Q-I-K, Quick mm-hmm. Video, that also had a live um, stream function that okay. I used to use on my phone all the time. Like back when I ran a, <laughs> ran a thing called a blog. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, back when I had a blog, like I had a, a quick video, just kind of like iframe embed in my in, in on my site, 
And it was just, I would just randomly just do live video streams, Mm -hmm. whether I was at a concert or going to a restaurant for the first time. So it's just, from my perspective, it's interesting to see how streaming kind of like has taken flight with a lot of people. And I think, I think what you need to do is kind of just focus your, um, like what your, your, your content interests are. Like I like Facebook video, live video, because I'm able to watch, um, like LAPD car chases. Oh, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do do a do a search of just like LAPD, like oh car chases. Gosh. And you can see live streams of just like helicopter footage, like following a car chase. Yeah. Think of people just talking about themselves mm-hmm. or like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That exactly. Day. That's really interesting. That's why I've never touched it. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said about your your blog. Mm hmm back in the day or whatever, because I'm now realizing right now that no one really touched on about blogs at all at the conference. And yeah, you know, right. Do you think blogs so are true. dying? Oh, I mean, I think a lot of what a blog originally stood for has been decentralized um, over time, just with the different types of apps. Like it's not the blog, a blog used to be a place where you could look at video, look at images, um, go to a, a, a live stream site if you want, or a live stream frame if you wanted to. Like you were able to look at all of these things in one hub, so to speak. But now that, you know, with Twitter and Facebook and and and, and live streaming and all of these other app-based kind of like more snackable versions of little of components that once made up a blog, mm-hmm. I think the blog, like I said, has just been decentralized. It's kind of just been fragmented, so to speak. Um, so I think a lot of the elements of a blog are still there just you know repurposed and repackaged and there are some people who like because maintaining a blog is difficult Mm -hmm. like maintaining all the elements of a blog is difficult and some people might just not have the bandwidth for that which i understand um and so maybe you just want to focus on the video aspect maybe you want to just focus on the the copy and so you 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 choose twitter Mm -hmm. you know you you choose periscope instead of getting the whole package so i mean yeah i think it's just it's been fragmented but i but i think a lot of the fundamental elements are there just still mm-hmm. kind of floating around it's in just the in ether different forms exactly now. i just feel like people vlog a lot more than they blog mm-hmm. now because i mean like they said in the conference like videos like huge and like it's growing and i think yeah you know there's a lot of people on youtube who like to vlog a lot just so they can maybe get those followers and maybe get sponsored for sure and i think there's a huge like personal branding kind of aspect to it yeah. that that vlogs are just video content can help bolster uh, more than than a, just a general blog could um, and a lot of people just aren't good writers <laughs> I mean yeah. let's, let's just let's just let's true. just call a spade a spade here like they're just a lot of people who aren't very good at formulating their thoughts mm-hmm. into coherent sentences and mm-hmm. paragraphs. And so you have more of an opportunity to do that stream of consciousness through video. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe every so often a nice little nugget might come out of somebody's mouth, but at the end of the day, it's still a lot of, it's still <laughs> a lot of copy, but just, you know, verbal. Yeah. yeah. Easier to digest. Yeah. Um, so, so Mike, were, was there a particular session that kind of like jumped out at you that you were like, yeah, this is, this is totally awesome. Like, I'm glad that I'm sitting in on this. Uh, it was mainly for MGM resorts um, okay. with Beverly Jackson. Yeah. Because, uh, I thought all of those ads that she, she showed us mm-hmm. was like, wow, like this is something I really want to do. Like, I really want to create these kind of like promotional videos that 
just give me that adrenaline rush, mm-hmm. like especially the last one. I mean, it was pretty simple. Like, you know, text was just popping every like second, mm-hmm. but like the volume and like the visuals of like everything that For I was sure. seeing, I was like, wow, I really want to go to this hotel and experience like <laughs> Las Vegas life. Like it was it was just like really fun for me. And then how they use an influencer. Mm-hmm. I never heard of this girl. I forgot what her name was, but um, I think it was like girl with no job. Yeah. Girl with no job. Yeah. Yep. And I like actually like started looking at her Instagram and all her stuff. And I'm like, wait, she actually doesn't have a job, mm-hmm. but she does like, but well, technically she does because yeah. she's an influencer, yeah. but she just like posts memes and stuff on her Instagram mm-hmm. and she has like millions of followers. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like so cool how they used her to like really create a campaign around that for sure so, i mean i loved it that yeah was the best one for me well because even beverly the the speaker she said like it's like this is better if you turn the sound up like that's that's what she yeah. said before mm-hmm. she even started the video and she was not wrong like it was it was awesome but then again it's vegas like like when you have such a a robust kind of repository of just content like vegas is just a content generating city like That's true, yeah. there's just a lot of action there's always something going on so there's a lot more to kind of just draw from um but it was cool that she still she still turned it around and, and and gave us pointers on like if you don't come from vegas if you don't have that kind of access there are still plenty of ways to kind of leverage the experience like being able to kind of convey the experience that maybe in like austin or even orlando mm-hmm. can provide visitors um and still kind of get that same kind of just wow effect so yeah that was a that was a good session um yeah, that was great and like stevie Oki was in one of the videos yeah like, what? Well, he's like a house DJ for I, I want to say MGM. Yeah, he's a house DJ for oh, one of the one of the hotels. Um, so I mean, it's a pretty dope gig. Yeah, <laughs> he's the one that throws like like sheet cakes in people's faces. Is he? Yeah, I think so. I think he's the one know. at the yeah. I'm I think he's the one that yeah. Look it up. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not particularly sure, but I think in every show he literally just buys like a probably like a public sheet cake, oh my <laughs> and just launches it into the crowd in someone's face. It's it's. I don't get it, but it's still entertaining. I'm sure, like, if you're in the moment, you'd be like, "Wow, I want Stevie Oki to like throw a cake <laughs> in my face." <laughs> oh man. Um, so as far as some some sessions that really kind of stuck out for me, I think I little I, I nerded out during the um the session with uh i want to say it was brain trust uh we talked about chatbots and like oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I went to that one. yeah we talked about chatbots and like implementing chatbots and i immediately went home that day and started working on a chatbot so be on the lookout for that yes. in a couple of weeks because that's gonna be awesome um but you yeah working on one for the evoke website uh maybe Maybe. Your... No, not for me. Okay. I've seen. It's funny. I've seen. Um, there was a copywriter that uh, created a chatbot portfolio. Yeah. Really? So it was like a chatbot that he implemented either through Slack or maybe his Facebook Messenger. Uh-huh. That if you were a a recruiter or uh, someone in the hiring department, you could have essentially chat with this copywriter and give it would give you links to the portfolio give you links to like past work and just have like a full-fledged like conversation with you so it must have taken a while to kind of just create all of those like conversation trees Mm -hmm. um because i think that's the most like time-consuming part of it is just being able to because you have to think about all the possible ways in which someone would respond to something that's what i was thinking i'm Mm -hmm. like wait don't you have to like branch okay. out and like, yeah. figure out like okay if this person says this thing like this will be the answer or response i'm like that must take 
maybe days. It, it's, it, I'm still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it really just depends on what you want to use that bot for. Cause there are some that are just, that just answer simple questions. Like a, an FAQ would be a great mm-hmm. way to kind of just like implement a bot without having to have an FAQ kind of just sit on your page. It makes your F makes your FAQ a little more interactive. Um, so yeah, chat, the, the, the chat bot session was cool. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that was, I wish I could have sat in on the Reddit AMA. I don't know if you guys saw that one on there. No, we I think were, it was day two. That's yeah. That's when we were in the, the, the leveraging live video. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. Instagram one. Gotcha. Yeah. I wish I could have sat in on the, the AMA one. Cause you know, front page of the internet, like that's. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I don't know, are, you, are you guys on Reddit? Are you guys Redditors I go at all? I once in a uh-huh. while, but that's like why I wasn't really concerned about going to that one. Gotcha. Like, I don't really use Reddit, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of other people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to use it a lot too, to the point where it was too addicting. So then I, <laughs> I like completely stopped. That's why she's wanting into the workshop. I, yeah, I haven't been on Reddit in a while. It'll trigger her addiction. No, it's bad. You get lost into a deep, Mary's deep just like, yeah, Reddit. Just lurking in the sub. <laughs> Reddits. Yeah. That's funny. She's a troll. That's, no, that's, never. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the the I would yeah, like I said, I wish I could have sat on the the, the AMA one. And um get Jason Falls. You had you had mentioned him earlier, Mary. Just mm-hmm. Jason Falls, he was just uh kind of just talked about how the the Kentucky for Kentucky, the the famous Kentucky for Kentucky uh, campaign that was really kind of like an anti-campaign or like a, a counter campaign, so yeah. to speak. Um, and I remember hearing it. I remember when I first heard about that, but I didn't realize I hadn't checked in on it in years. And I didn't realize it has grown to what it is now. To where yeah. there's an actual retail store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the fun mall. Yeah. The, the Kentucky fun mall. And I was just like, that's. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Like just to have just to because I, I feel like it kind of just started out as just like a tongue in cheek. And I was like, yeah, let's just do this one little campaign and just just to just to piss some people off for a couple mm-hmm. for a couple weeks. And then it kind of turned into this whole monster, like this beast that was just like apparel and like full fledged branding and like TV commercials that were kind of mar- like kind of um, styled in like the, the old old school, like local commercial style, which I thought was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Jason Falls was really good. Um, I think one thing that he said that made me really think, and I guess I, I knew this, but I really didn't realize it until he mentioned it. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how one size doesn't fit all, yeah. like for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. For sure. Oh, yeah, which yeah. is interesting, though, because you see a lot of big brands where they know that, they understand that, so they have different voices for mm-hmm. their different mediums. But I think a lot of smaller brands, you'll see that they literally just copy paste yeah. the same message or the same images across mm-hmm. all of their channels, mm-hmm. which is bad because no one really cares if it's the same across <laughs> all. Right. You, you're not going to follow their Instagram if they're going to be posting the same thing mm-hmm. yeah. on yeah. Facebook. And see, I used to think that it was because, oh, they have a, it's a personnel issue. Like they just don't have enough people to create the content, that, that unique content across the board. But, um, I think it was the, the, the social media director from Georgetown university who was like, I think it was one of the panels or maybe she had her own session. I can't remember how she talked about like her team was what four people. You know, and she had oh, the, gonna, yeah. yeah, she had an opportunity, like, but they create content and they, they also leverage students, like mm-hmm. a lot of students on mm-hmm. campus to do a lot of the content for yeah. them, um, whether it's like a, an account takeover or, 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 or something along the, those lines. And so 
it, it made me kind of reevaluate this because that used to be my cop out. And I was like, well, we can't do the things that those big brands do because they probably have like, like 400 people right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to do all this stuff at once. Yeah. I'm only one guy with like seven clients. Yeah, so. for sure. And uh, so it, she, she had also talked about like, you know, kind of mine mining what you're doing and what the kind the kind of time you're putting towards certain things mm-hmm. to kind of free up yourself from that day to day to kind of keep your keep from getting too buried in the weeds so it gives you more time to be creative and so um i think that's that's something that i really took to heart because because like i said i just i would just use that as an excuse i'm like we can't do those things because mm-hmm. they have an army and we have four people you know so I mean, yeah, I, I liked I liked that kind of mentality as well. But and a lot of the speakers, not just one in particular, but a lot of them touched on user generated content, mm-hmm. which I guess I didn't realize either what a great resource that is because if you do have yeah. a small team, obviously you can't be everywhere at once taking pictures and mm-hmm. capturing these great moments. But yeah, if you just ask someone else if you can use their photo, most of the time. They say yes, and you don't even have to pay for it because mm-hmm. they're happy to have mm-hmm. their photo showcased. That's like what most of my clients I do for since mm-hmm. it's a lot of travel and tourism. Like I go and I like, you know, I type in like La Belle, Florida, and then I like look through the feed and see like, okay, this is like pretty cool. And then I ask that person like, if I could use it for our Instagram page and they normally say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I, so- I, I promise them like, hey, I'll tag you and everything. And For sure. They're totally cool with it. Yeah. So as long as you ask permission, written mm-hmm. permission, yes. preferably. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, UGC was definitely a big thing that was discussed for a lot of the a lot of the speakers. Um, there, there. I think it was the the very last session of the conference. The uh, the content marketing strategy for like a thousand dollars or less or something with like that. Chris Moody. From yeah. GE from Digital. GE Digital. Yeah. yeah. And um, so uh, Larry, be on the lookout for that one. You, be on the lookout <laughs> for that that proposal. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I think that I think one thing that a lot of people just don't or think is impossible is being able to create a robust content strategy with like few resources. But, you know, once you get creative and realize that there's way more out there, like UGC, for example, mm-hmm. you know, there's way more out there to kind of leverage than what you thought. It kind of opens a whole nother kind of realm for of possibilities. So, um, yeah, I liked I liked Mr. Moody's kind of just like. Here's a itemized because that's perfect for trying to trying to get buy in from the powers that be is like this itemized kind of like breakdown of what can be used, how much it'll cost and how it can kind of benefit your current content marketing plan. Um, So, yeah. There were a lot of great sessions um, over the past uh, two days, but um, in the uh, in the spirit of fairness, you know, there's also certain things that can be improved upon um, regardless of of, (laughs) regardless of what. uh, conferences you go to. So I'll start. I'll start. Um, I, again, I love Social Fresh. It was a great, it was a great experience. Um, but I mean, I think one area of improvement I, I, I think would need to be addressed is kind of, kind of creating an environment that allows for that would have allowed for more people to kind of interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there was only, there was like one kind of breakout session, like a 45 minute breakout session. Yes. So it, it gave us very little time to really kind of interact with people in the area and kind of see, kind of bounce ideas off of other people to see what they're doing, what we're doing wrong, what, how we can compare ourselves to other mm-hmm. people. Um, and yeah, there were networking opportunities at the end, but when you're at the end of the con- the day it's of like conference, you're, you're yeah, you just want to, you don't really want to talk shop anymore. 
anymore. You kind of just want to mm-hmm. let loose and talk about other things that are that don't really pertain to work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I guess, yeah, that's my thing that I wish that there were more opportunities to kind of break out and and talk amongst each other to kind of get more feedback and get more more tips and tricks from people that you actually work alongside with in the same market because i don't i don't work with beverly johnson at, at mgm like i don't work with uh you know i don't work with any i don't yeah. work with ge like so i like i have to be able to have some sort of point of reference to kind of compare what I'm doing to someone who's similar. And I think there would have been, I would have had more opportunities to do that if we had more chances to kind of just talk amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, Plus like on the first day, that networking session, mm-hmm. it wasn't at full sale. Like you had to go to downtown ah, Orlando. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, parking in downtown Orlando is like really difficult. Yes. I think if I actually went, it, there wouldn't have been a lot of people mm-hmm. to begin with. So it was kind of just like a, the, a continuity thing. Yeah, that yeah. too. It's like, mm-hmm. it just breaks away from like the whole mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, I could totally see that. And downtown isn't super close to full sale. No. It's like no. 20, Mm-mm. maybe more <laughs> it's not. away with traffic. So it's not like it was convenient either. No, but they made up for it the next day yeah, and had the, had the networking, networking session at the at, at full sale. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not particularly sure what, caused that that breakup and um like i said in continuity but um mm-hmm. i think it, it may have affected how much people interacted after the conference at least for the first day yeah um, and to just kind of bounce off what brian said i think too that they should have had more moments where we could interact with the other attendees mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think one way that they could have done that is create breaks in between the speakers mm, because sometimes yeah. it was a speaker and then they just jumped right into the next yeah. one because if there are breaks in between it maybe you can chat with the person sitting next to you For telling sure. them what you thought about it i would have loved that yeah how they felt about it or even when you go to get coffee in between you can talk to people there mm-hmm. and i think another way they could have done that is actually have hands-on workshops okay you have to form groups yeah, yeah form groups with people and actually work with them because when we went to Savannah's workshop, she was the only one that did. Yeah, that. she didn't. She didn't have to do hands on, but she decided she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So if they made it mandatory, then that's more of a way for us to interact with each other. Yeah, because I think a lot of people still have this misconception that just because we're at a conference that we're automatically going to be in networking mode. Like we're automatically going to have that propensity to just go up to whoever, some stranger, be like, hey, this is me. <laughs> this is what I do. What do you do? Let's collaborate. And I, I, it's just it. If you've been in kind of like the conference circuit for a while, it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people there who are young, like young kids or, and 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 uh, strategists and coordinators who are just really just trying to get a better idea of the industry. And this was kind of some of them. It was this was like their first kind of foray into the industry, and so there there needed to be something more put in place to kind of facilitate that mm-hmm. that kind of just like handshaking you know true networking industry networking kind of environment mm-hmm. yeah i kind need to push be it. pushed because like yeah. I'm, I'm anti-social and like throughout most of that i was like i don't really want to talk to anyone i'm just here to like you know do well, my job live tweet and like, he's a social yeah. media coordinator guys. Yeah. just just as a point of I'm reference i'm on a computer the whole time so it's fine <laughs> it's hard to when you're sitting there learning so much information and trying to retain so much mm-hmm. that you you want to kind of give a second to yourself to regroup rather than just you know force yourself and be like hey i'm mary what's your name yeah right but i mean it also does help to like talk over those things you just learned because it like reinforces mm-hmm. like reinforces like what you just learned 
And it, and it also kind of it, it creates a dialogue between people that you, you never want it to be a situation where you go, you see a speaker and then you consider their word the word of law. Because not every mm-hmm. not every you know piece of advice works for every situation, um, so it's always good to kind of take that, keep that in your back of your head, but then still go back, go and talk to people who are at the same level as you, who work right. in the same markets as you, and see if those are things that are actually working, or if there's something else that that works better in the travel and tourism space, that works better in you know uh, copywriting as opposed to social media. You know, just seeing how it works as it relates to what you do, um, and you know, it, talk, it kind of speaks to case studies. Um, I always say that case studies save lives. Um, and so that was, who was it? It was, um, what session was that? Where the, was that Jason Falls? I think it was Jason Falls mm-hmm. and Beverly Jackson. Okay. On here it says, um, an MGM resort social media case. Yeah, study. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they kind of, I liked how they kind of prove their worth so to speak by using case studies yes you know they they were able to it wasn't they they kind of took the extra extra step and and didn't leave it at oh well this is what we did and that was it it was like oh this is what we did this is what we saw these were the numbers that we got from it this is how we know it works kind of thing and so i think that that kind of helped establish those particular um those particular sessions is more of thought leaders because there was data to kind of back it up. And so I always appreciate when data is there to kind of like bolster, you know, whatever your best practice may be. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see more of is like case studies Mm -hmm. because I felt like some of like these workshops or um, sessions were kind of like broad in general. For sure. Like, okay, like I I can read this online, like you Mm -hmm. said before, but like these case studies, like seeing like what they did and like, what these results were was like really interesting for me. So yeah, I, I would have appreciated like more case studies like that just to like maybe take some of what they showed us like for my own clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of a, a final takeaway, cause we're going to wrap up here. Um, it, we're just going to go around the room real quick. And if you could kind of sum up your social fresh experience in a, a word or a, a statement or phrase, what would it be? It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> You're a copywriter, Mary. This I know. should be this should be second nature at this point. Well, it's because multiple words come mm-hmm. to mind oh, that's rather fine. than that's just fine. one. That's fine. Um, I'll just sum it up though in a sentence rather than just one word or a phrase. I thought it was extremely informational for me, especially because I'm a copywriter. Mm-hmm. I don't work on the social media team or anything. So for me, it was just like a lot of information that hit me all at once in a good way, though. Okay. I learned a lot. Okay. Um, for me, I would say friendly reminder because there were like things that I kind of forgot about that like brought it back up to the surface that I need to like continue doing with my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me... Um case studies save lives and so do public subs <laughs> Amen. all right well that uh that concludes uh this episode of uh provoke i want to thank mary and michael for coming in and taking some time to, to talk to us about social fresh 
and um, yeah, yeah. And um, thank you to Social Fresh for uh, for allowing us the opportunity to kind of learn a lot of really great information from a lot of very knowledgeable people. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to email us at provoke. That's p r o v o k at evokead dot com. Um, and be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts, evoke evoke advertising, uh, to get the most up to date information on what we do in the advertising world. Um, as far as a quote is concerned. And, um, like I said, pub sub save lives, man. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, y'all take care. <laughs> <laughs>